With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome everybody to Talk is Cheap. I'm Jordan Ron and I'm filling in this time. I'm going to be the host this week. I'm filling in for the inimitable Joe Giglio, but uh, I'm going to do my best here. James Kratz here with me, fellow Giants reporter. What's up, James? How are we doing? Hey, Jordan. How are you? Episode 29, I believe. Well, see, that's too high. That's past my ability to count. That's why I didn't okay. say that because, you know, after after 10, I'm, I'm just lost. You know, I have very, very rudimentary person. I believe it's 29, but if we're wrong, we'll let you know next week. All right, it's somewhere around 29. I think you're right. So, But 27-20 victory. I can count up to 27, I guess, because that's what the Giants got to on Sunday afternoon. A pretty entertaining, albeit sloppy game. Mm -hmm. Uh, James, are you impressed or not? They won it on a basically special teams Dwayne Harris 100-yard touchdown. Offense fairly ineffective. uh, Didn't do much. Defense, bend but don't break. Special teams kind of came up big. Impressed or not, what do you got, James? Uh, I was impressed with the special teams. I thought Dwayne Harris, I mean, a sensational return. Um, it's kind of surprising to find out that was his first career touchdown return. I, you, you would assume he had one or two. For kickoffs, for kickoffs. For kickoffs. I, believe, I believe he's got a couple uh, punt returns. But okay. kickoffs, yes, first professional kickoff. But um, impressed, I mean – Obviously, it was a game they had to win, and, and, and they took care of business in that sense. But, you know, running game was kind of weird. You know, they finally broke 100 yards rushing, but I don't – you know, Yards per carry was good. Yards per carry was good, yep. Uh, lots of guys involved, which I'm sure we'll discuss a little bit. Um, so the running, running – Darkwa. Rowan's Darkwa. Um, so running we'll game impressive. minutes, by the way. But, uh, you know, defense was r- – rushing – Rushing defense was horrible. 223 yards they allowed there. And, uh, you know, the pass defense, obviously they had three picks. DRC had a huge game. But at the same time, they let Matt Castle, after throwing three interceptions, go right down the field and make two big-time throws to to tie the game. So that kind of had its ups and downs as well. So I would say I was impressed with certain aspects of the Giants' performance on Sunday, but on the whole, I don't think it was that impressive of a I'm impressed with the fact that they're able to win this kind of game this year. Because to me, you know, I've been here, this is my almost third season here. The past two years, they weren't good enough to win these kind of games. You know, when they're even not playing well, that their offense really isn't clicking. They're 
significantly improved. And I wrote this today. You, you can find it on the site of why the Giants are just significantly better than the past years. And, and in my opinion, it's because in the past, you were waiting for them to give up special teams touchdowns. Now, you even they're just so far improved in that area of the game that I was – and I, I tweeted this out there in the first quarter – and I predicted a Dwayne Harris punt return, so not exactly a kickoff return in, in my bold predictions. But you're expecting them to make plays on special teams. They can do things. They can make plays in other ways that they just weren't able to do the past couple of years. On defense, yes. I mean, they've got their problems. They can't get after a quarterback if their life depended on it. They couldn't get near Matt Castle. Nowhere near him. But the reality is that they're able to create turnovers, and that's a big, big thing for this Giants defense. You know, turnovers left and right. With the, how many did they, they get this this time, James? Three. Three or four? Three? Three, three interceptions. So all three of the turnovers were interceptions. So, again, the Giants are on the plus side of the, of the plus minus. They're making plays on special teams. And their defense, while definitely not dominant, far from it, um, while definitely not great, while probably not even good, is able to make enough plays where this team could still be a winning team. And I think that's the difference right now between the Giants being a winning team, they're four and three, sole possession in first place, and being a losing team is the mm-hmm. fact that they're able to do it in other ways that they haven't in the past couple of years. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't. I think we've gotten to a point where the, the stats are never going to be pretty when it comes to this defense. Um, it just doesn't. Seem like you know they're going to be towards the bottom of the league in passing, pass defense, and the rush defense. I know it was number one earlier in the year. It's going to take a big hit from yesterday's performance. But I, I think, think they're twenty first at this point, yeah. which is quite a drop off, by which the way. Is quite a drop off, but in, you know, in such a short period of time. I just think this defense it's going to kind of have to be a week by week thing, and you know, this week they did enough to win the football game. Yeah, uh, well, I, I think the defense though. I mean, this is something to talk about. I mean, we're talking about the positives, and we want to flip to the other side is, let's look who they played the last four weeks, right? They played Matt Castle Mm -hmm. and the Cowboys with no Des Bryant. They played the Eagles and Sam Bradford, okay, who was really bad when they played him, and that offense is definitely not clicking. They played, um, I'm forgetting one, it was the Buffalo Bills. Tyrod Taylor. they They played the 49ers. With Colin Kaepernick, with Colin Kaepernick, who are the thirty-first, or no, they're 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 the they were the thirty-second ranked pass offense when the Giants played them. Yes, and they played Tyrod Taylor, who I like Tyrod Taylor, and the Bills, who were without Lashawn McCoy and Sammy Watkins. Okay, those are the, what the last four games that they played, and then before that was the Redskins with Kirk Cousins. So not a great yeah. offensive team either. So those are their last five games, right? Haven't really played a, a top quarterback. I haven't really played a good quarterback. I mean, the way you anyone who's playing well right now. That's going to change. And this is the 29th ranked defense allowing more than 400 yards per game, which makes you a little concerned. And, I, and with me, that's my one concern moving forward here. My biggest concern is how is this team going to hold up when they go back and they have to play of teams with quality quarterbacks? Uh, when they have to go play down the, down the road, when they have to go play uh, the New England Patriots. Uh, when they, you know, if they had to play the Cowboys and Tony Romo was playing, we saw what happened the first time. They had to play a team like Atlanta with Matt Ryan. That's where this defense concerns me. Uh, fair, James? Yes, I mean, 
they're going to have exactly what you're talking about in a couple of days. You know, Drew Brees is not Matt Castle. He's not Sam Bradford. So we'll see yeah, what happens I in mean, New Orleans. As much trouble as they have had the New Orleans Saints, they are the third-ranked offense in the NFL right now. Uh, actually, make that the sixth. They've gained the third most yards, but that's okay. because of buys. That doesn't mean they're the third-ranked offense. But they're the sixth-ranked offense in the NFL right now. Uh, average 395 yards per game. And uh, we know that much of that, you know, you know, a lot of that comes from New Orleans Saints. When you talk about them, it comes from that passing game. Uh, they are one of the top passing teams in the league. They're third in passing as well with 297 yards per game. So will this defense be able to hold up against that Saints offense? I think that's a major question that we're going to have to look at here. No, definitely. I mean, I think that now they have uh, Breeze this weekend. Then they get a break. They got to go to Tampa Bay, Jameis Winston. You know, but then again, you know. Yeah, Tom Brady and the Patriots are coming after that. Then Kirk Cousins and Ryan Fitzpatrick. And then it gets tough in December. Tannehill, Newton, Teddy Bridgewater, which means Adrian Peterson, and then Bradford and the Eagles. And maybe they've gotten their act together by then. But, no, you're right. They or, Sanchez, or Sanchez. Or Sanchez. Or Sanchez. <laughs> so, Yes, they haven't really played a great quarterback this year, but they're going to start playing better quarterbacks now. All right, so James, what are you seeing from this offense now, though? Because that's something that I think is flying under the radar right now. This was the area of the team that was supposed to carry them. (laughs) And let's be honest, they haven't been that good. I mean, they scored one touchdown this week, and that one touchdown came courtesy of Orleans Darkwell. Not exactly what you expected there. Reason to be concerned with the offense, or did you you see enough Sunday against the Cowboys to believe that they're all right offensively right now? No, I think it's a reason to be concerned. I mean, if you think about it, Odell Beckham Jr. again had another kind of not really their game. Nondescript, yeah, I think. Four four catches, six targets, 35 yards. And – only two targets in the second half, so that trend continues. They didn't um, run many plays in the second half. No, they, they didn't run. They play. ran a kickback and they ran an interception back, so that's like basically killed two of their possessions. So I think that has to be factored in. Granted, yes. I'd love for him to have more targets, and I think any game with 10, 10 or less targets for him is uh, ultimate failure by the offensive coordinator and coach. And yes. Um, yeah, but one of the things that struck me was they've actually gotten pretty good production from their secondary receivers with Victor Cruz out, which was something I think was a major concern, you know, earlier in the season. I, they haven't been lighting the world on fire, but they've produced some. But I just look at the Giants' offense, and it just to me is a team that's looking doesn't seem to have an identity. I mean. You know, when they well, they're not out, a running team. Running. We know that, right? We know that. They're not a running team, but yet, but they'll have like flashes like, you know, Darkwa. Yeah, I know we're going to we'll talk plenty about him, but, you know, he comes in the game and he has four carries for 41 yards and he scores a touchdown. He breaks tackles, he makes moves, and then they don't really seem to use him again, sparingly. Yeah. You know, you know, Rashad Jennings runs the ball well to start the game and then he spends, you know, like two or three series standing on the sideline. Well, he yeah, has, nobody had more than eight carries. I, I don't know. I don't know ultimately if that's the way Orleans Darkwood led them with eight carries. I don't know if ultimately yeah. that's the way you're going to be able to survive. You're going to have to have a running back 
and maybe not be like the workhorse back, but you need a primary back. You need a guy who's going to get a majority of the carries and could sort of get get into like the flow a little bit. I mean, you got to get a guy 15 carries once in a while, don't you? I I think you do. I, I don't see. I don't really understand what they're doing. I mean, I, you said they didn't have the ball a lot yesterday, so maybe that was a case of you know if they had had more possessions, you know, there would have been guys would have got, maybe one or two of those guys got more carries, but. It's you got four guys now. Was, I, I think you really don't. I don't think you can really turn back Darkwa at this point. You know, he you pull you flip the switch on Darkwa. We you saw what he can do. You're going to have to use him now. It's just one of those things where it just doesn't seem like they're ever going to really get anybody into a rhythm or establish anything on the ground if they keep on going back and forth bet- between backs. And, and even then, right. they, you know, there'll be days we'll, we'll be in a pro set and it'll be right at a shotgun, and you know, it's just. They just seem to me to be a team that's they do a bunch of things moderately well, but they don't they haven't really yet had that performance where they come out there and they just do something brilliantly and they just have a big offensive performance and you know that's something that back in training camp people were talking about scoring thirty points a game you know they they scored seven on offense without turnovers uh I don't know where this team would be in regards to scoring the ball because they're not. Great offensively. They're an average team. I believe they're probably like middle of the road, 14th, 15th, 16th in, in total offense, right? Yeah. Uh, and then you go look at them, and they're not a very good red zone team either. No, I mean, so, Josh Brown is the team MVP. You can make the argument. Yeah. Well, his kickoffs have been great, but he is he's yeah. 19 straight field goals. That's impressive. So you look at the Giants, and you're like, well, how you know how are they winning? And really, the key is that they're 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 plus minus. I mean, they're at the top of the league. I don't know where they are now. I mean, let me give it a, a quick look. Hey, guess where they are? Number I one, was... number one, and not only just number one in takeaways, giveaways, plus minus, but number one by by a pretty significant margin. The Giants are now a ridiculous plus ten for the season. Second best is Green Bay and Denver at plus six. So that just goes to show you right there, 16 turnovers forced by the Giants. Uh, you know, that is, the, this, that is the reason that this team is four and three, flat out. I mean, without them being plus 10, think about it. They've won a lot of close games, and they're still their plus no. 10. <laughs> no, plus I, 10. But, but the thing about plus 10 is it could not be that way for the second half of the season. Turnovers are such a weird thing. I mean, you have teams that will be plus 15 one year and they'll go to the playoffs, and the next year they'll basically bring it to the same team. They'll be minus five and they'll go six and ten. Yeah, but so my thing it, with that is I feel like sometimes it just rolls for the season. Like that's the feel of that yeah. team for that season. And, 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 you know, the Giants clearly look, Eli hasn't made a ton of plays in these past couple games, but again, I think, and this is key, this is something that we haven't seen a lot of from Eli throughout his career consistently, is at least he's not turning the ball over. Like, when he's not playing great or he's not doing, you know, going out there and lighting it up, at least he's not committing turnovers. I mean, that, that's huge for yeah. this Giants team. I mean, punt the ball, punting the ball away is better than turning it over, in, you know, in your own territory, obviously. No, definitely. I mean, I, I wrote in the report card, if you're the Cowboys, you know, as you're sitting with Matt Castle and he's throwing three interceptions, you look at the other side of the field, Eli Manning did exactly what the Cowboys were looking for. A guy who's just there, 
He manages the game. He doesn't make any big mistakes. He makes a couple of nice throws when he needs to. And, you know, with the Cowboys, you let their running game and their offensive line lead the way, which they did. But, you know, Castle does them in with three interceptions. Each one was worse than the last. You look at Eli, and he only only completed, what, close to 50% of his passes. So 54%, uh, I think, yeah. Yeah. But you can live with that because, like we said, you know, it was a tight game. It was going to be one of these games that's going to be decided by something else aside from, uh, you know, just offense or defense. And it was who can make the biggest play, either like on, on defense or, or special teams. And the Giants are the ones who came up with them. They made the two biggest plays. Uh, really, the interception by Dominique rogers Camardi for the score and the kick return for a touchdown. Let's go back to Darkwood for a second, James. Let's, this okay. is something we discussed yesterday, okay? Let's look at the carries. Andre Williams, four. Green four, Jennings five, Darkwa eight. What, 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 is, what are they going to do here? How do they, how do they get – they're going to have to narrow it down. You know, how, are we gonna, how are they going to narrow that down? I mean, they've got to make a decision at some point and say, look, we're rolling with this guy. You know, Andre Williams, I'm, you're a good, you know, we, we like you. We like your future. But we're going to roll with, you know, Jennings and Darkwa right now as our primary ball carriers. So we're we're going to roll with – I think Vereen, we know Vereen's going to play that role. You know, he is yeah, I was going to say, Vereen's, Vereen's four carries is pretty much where he's going to be. Are you, are you down with using two other guys in those other running back roles, or do you want to see one primary guy, give him 15 carries, try to get the guy into, in, you know, into some sort of rhythm so he, they could run the ball successfully and more just at a higher volume? And then maybe they throw in like a Dark War Williams as like a or, or Jennings as a sort of change up a little bit. I think that if I am Ben McAdoo and Tom Coughlin, my preference would be to give Rashad Jennings just because I think he is, you know, Dark War was great, but, you know, that was a small sample size. You, you know what Rashad Jennings is capable of doing is, yes, yes, to give him 15 to 20 carries, you know. And basically, maybe just go with a hot hand situation if, if you want Williams or Darkwood to supplement Jennings with five to ten carries each week. You know, who's ever, whoever's running the ball better, just, just ride them. But I, I, I do think the Giants at some point are going to have to just see what Jennings can do when he gets a full workload. You know, it, it, it just makes no sense to me that, you know, he comes out and he runs the ball well, and then – Average 3.8 per carry. Yeah, 3.8 per carry. Uh which is pretty much right on his average, which is not a bad average. Oh, uh, and, and, again, and again, I know, you know, 5.3 yards per carry for, for the Giants running backs, that's a, that's a solid clip. No, I agree. And, you know, Andre Williams, I know, is a guy who, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about him. You know, he averaged 3.3 yards per carry uh, on, uh, against the Cowboys, which is was only four carries, and the, they were a lot of them were at the end of the game. So I don't know if that's, you know, we got to take but, that, put that in sort of a different category. They were trying to run yeah. out the clock almost. For me, you know, Andre Williams, if they truly believe in him, which all indications are there, I, I, just, I kind of scratch Oh, they definitely believe him. They believe in him more than I yeah. think most of us do, for sure. I, I just kind of scratch my head sometimes at the, at the way they use him. I mean, he, he's a big, you know, I, I, someone was saying this, you know, he's a big physical guy who likes to run people over. And, and maybe they've got to find a way to, to put him in situations, you know, not necessarily just like on his goal line back, but put him in a situation where all he's got to do is take the ball and run forward and try to, you know, I know it's not 
it's not a easy way to be successful all the time just to run people over. But you know, that's the type of runner he is. And and you know, when when they put him in a shotgun and they want him to you know cut off of zone blocks, you know, from seven yards deep in the backfield, I just don't know if that's really the best way he's going to be successful. Yeah, I don't think that's utilizing his skills properly, but. Here's what the Giants have working for them right now. The running game is gaining a lot of yards per carry. Overall, they're not sticking to it, but they're able to win some games. And here's the biggest thing they got going for them, James. They play, and I keep saying this every week, I think I say this. They play in the NFC East. East. And the NFC East is not very good. No. Giants are the only team with a winning record, sole position of first place. We got the Eagles. I'm not impressed by the Eagles again last night. I mean, they were dropping passes left and right. They have their problems. You got the Redskins, great come from behind victory. We can't actually count out the Redskins. They're in this race, James. You're, you're watching no, the Redskins. I, I, I do like the Redskins. Um, but, you know, their next three games are, are really tough. You know, of course, I let me just pull this up real quick. Yeah, that's the biggest thing for me. Like, Washington, I, I like the Redskins. I, I – infamously picked them to beat the Giants back in week three. Um, but I, I just think their schedule... One of these days, James, you're going to pick a Giant game, right? You know? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, you, you predicted Harris's return. Politi had DRC's two interceptions. And I took another loss against the spread with the Giants. Um, no. Yeah, rookie you know, growing pains. Just chalk it up, you know? No big deal. I mean, next three games the Redskins, at the Patriots, home against the Saints, at the Panthers. All right, so let's el- we can eliminate them during that three-game stretch. Now, let's look at the Cowboys, okay? We okay. talked about the Eagles for a second. They have their struggles. I'm not so sure they're going to be able to put it together. They're going to have to put together a really good run at the end of the year. But are the Dallas Cowboys shot at this point? Are they buried? I mean, they now have not won a game since Tony Romo got injured. Two yes. and four now. They lost four straight. And they're kind of a mess. Can Des Bryant... Looks like he'll probably be back this week, but Romo, they got a couple more weeks to withstand. And they got the the, the Patriots coming up. I'm not the, sorry, not the Patriots. They have the Seahawks coming up. Uh, Seahawks, Eagles, Bucks. Yeah, I mean, can they survive? And are are or are they pretty much done? I I'm I, I it's not official. I'm tending to trend towards done. Here's why. So the next three games they have Seahawks, Eagles, Bucks. Romo's eligible to come back, barring no setbacks in his rehab uh, against the Dolphins, which is November 22nd, which I think is week week 10 or week 11, something like that. Week 11. Week 11. So, so at first I was like, well, you know, Romo's going to be back for seven games. The Cowboys could go 7-0. and They could, they could still even win 10 games. Problem is they might have to go 7-0. and but, but here's also the problem. The problem is I look at their final seven. They got the Dolphins, who look like you know the world beaters. With Definitely Dan turned Trump. it around under their They've new. They've got coach. the Panthers, obviously playing well, undefeated. They've got a trip to Green Bay. Forget it, L. They've got to play the, the team across town, the 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 suddenly legitimate Jets. They got to yeah, go to Buffalo. Defense. They got to go to Buffalo to uh, on December twenty seventh. And they got to play the apart, Redskins, but yeah, that's that's a, that's not an easy schedule. It's, gotta, that's not a that's not a oh, Romo's going seven and zero against that thing. So no, no, especially coming back from this injury. I mean, they they just have they put themselves they in, in a really big hole. 
If they lose to Seattle, they're two and five. If they lose to if Philly puts it together, they're they're two and six. And if they get to that point, they're they're done. Yeah. Well, definitely if they get to two and six, it's over. But they have bigger problems as well. I mean, they're not just Romo and Des Bryant. They have the lunatic uh, Greg Hardy on their team. I mean, did you see this guy on the sideline? They're just going ballistic, pushing coaches, Good. getting into it with uh, with uh, Des Bryant. I mean, totally out of control. And you know what? Should we, we, we should almost expect this, right? I mean, he's a leader of men. Jerry Jones said so last night. <laughs> well, speaking of Greg Hardy, let's listen to something informative mm. that Greg Hardy had to say after Sunday's game. No Let's bring in our Greg Hardy expert, the inimitable Steve Politi. So, Steve, welcome to the podcast. This is your your debut for the podcast. I know this must be a big day for you here, obviously. It truly is the greatest honor of my career, absolutely. <laughs> I've sensed the sarcasm dripping off that comment. <laughs> I'm going to pretend that it's real for a second, okay? Fair so enough. you're you're on this great podcast. And you're, the reason you're here, because you're our Greg Hardy expert. Now, this is a fine leader of men, am I right? Yes, there's, there's nobody better, according to the Jerry Jones, to lead, to lead your team than Greg Hardy. I mean, how ridiculous is that, that he stands up there and says that? I mean, you know, does he expect people to take him seriously? Or does, I, he, just not, does he just completely not care, I guess? I don't know, but it really was an incredible sequence of events because he's, sta- he's standing in the hallway outside the visiting locker room where he declares that. I mean, he says he's, you know, he has no problem with him being in the special teams huddle. He's a great leader. You know. Does anyone start laughing at that, that point? I mean, we, were all kind of, we were all kind of stunned, but remember, this is before. Now, 10 minutes later, we go into the locker room, and here comes this great leader of men to address what happened. And, you know, there are many ways, if you don't want to talk to us, as you well know from doing this for a long time, to blow us off. You simply say, I'm not talking or sorry, guys, or you don't show up at all. But uh, for him to stand in front of his locker then and, and play this sort of boorish, childish little game with the, with the media where we, someone would ask half a question, he'd interrupt and say, no comment, next question. And he did it about seven or eight times before, uh, before everybody finally walked away. And I actually thought about it. I wish I had done it. I actually thought when so everybody walked away and he's still, still there dressing, I wish I had walked up to him and said, you know, Greg, I, I just got one more thing <laughs> just, to see what he would, just to see what he would have done. But it didn't occur to me until it was too late. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he had one more answer for you too. Yeah, he would probably, have too. It probably would have been pretty similar to the the first seven. But you don't. Know. Maybe he would have turned around and said, uh, "Yeah, what what do you got?" You know, who knows? <laughs> At that point, he's like, "Oh, I appreciate you following up." I like your optimism, Felitti. <laughs> I like your optimism. No, I mean, this is this is what I'm curious about, right? So all this stuff is going on with with Greg Hardy, right? He's obviously holding a bogus press conference. He's fighting his teammates. What's the what's the scene like around him? I mean, what are his what are, are his teammates just staring at him at this point, or you know, do they it, just or is this kind of the sideshow that comes with him? 
Yeah, I think I bet the latter is uh, most. Uh, he came in late to the the locker room. A lot of guys already dressed and left at that point. But you know, remember this is it certainly wasn't something that was going to go away just because Greg Hardy didn't talk about it. So the rest of the guys in the team had to talk about it. So you know, you've got some special team guy making what you know the <laughs> minimum minimum NFL wage <laughs> who suddenly has to answer for this clown. I mean, it's it, it, it that's part of it that people don't understand. I mean, yeah, okay, he, he's got a right not to talk to us, and I must have got. 15 people tweet at me angrily like whoa you're whining because he's not talking no i'm not whining he, he put on the show and he you know he, he made he called attention to himself and in and on the field and then and in the locker room later and this is a team that for the cowboys you know four straight losses in danger of completely dropping out of the uh the nfc race before Romo even gets back so yeah i mean i, I if, if you're in that locker room your you're player you have to look at this guy like you know what what the heck? <laughs> I know I know we can rush the passer like like few players can, but you wonder if he's going to be worth the headache at, certain, at some point. Right, but I think you know you kind of nailed it there. I mean, you think about it; they lost four straight. They're about to fall out of it. They need every player they can get. And I, that's obviously why he's here. They're willing to suck it up because they're on the verge of uh, extinction, basically yeah. for the 2015 season. I, I will mean, say though. The, Peter King, made a, Peter King made a great point this morning. I mean, why not just say that? <laughs> why, are yeah. you trying to, why are you trying to justify and explain that, okay, this guy, is, he's a leader among men? No, he's not. Everybody knows that. Just say, look, he rushes the passer really good, all right? That's why he's here. That's why he's, he's, not, he's not a model human being. We understand that. He's, see, he's an enormous – that's the one thing also stri- that strikes you when you see him. And My gosh, that, this is a big dude. You know, so he comes out with his shirt off yeah. and the tattoos, and you're like, whoa. Uh, so, I mean, he's a big guy. He rushes the passer. Well, just say it. I don't know why they're putting up this yeah, show that. that he's some great man. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't – you know what? I don't think like, – there's no reason to even go there because nobody's, nobody's going to believe that. I mean, it's not like – you know, some guys at least put on a good facade and, and they, they can trick you. But, like, I think we all know at this point that Greg Hardy is what he is, you know? You're not yeah, fooling. Exactly. You're, like, who are you fooling at this point? I have no I mean, idea. But Jerry's trying, though. Jerry's trying. Can yeah, you guys imagine what it's like for Jason Garrett, though? I mean, oh. Jason, you know, you just lost this game and, and this guy, like, uh, pushed your special teams coach and got in a fight with your best player. And he's just like, oh, I like that. It's like – I just wish someone – you're right. Someone had the guts to say he's here because he's really good, and if we didn't sign him, somebody else would have. Right, yeah. And uh, I love the point that you made, Jordan, when you talked to Dwayne Harris about the difference of the, uh, the, two, the two locker rooms, that they're always fighting in Dallas, and it's true. I mean, I think you, you think Jerry has created this atmosphere down there where he thinks he can bring this guy in and rehabilitate him and, and make him you know, make him part of this great franchise. When it, it, I think what we've discovered in the NFL is if, if you're a problem guy like that, you're, pr- you're pretty much always going to be a problem guy, no matter where you end up. So you're going to be a headache. Yeah, what, what, what Politi's talking about here is when Dwayne Harris talked to us on this podcast back in the uh, what was it? It was beginning of training camp, and he was explaining the difference between playing for the Cowboys and playing for the Giants. And one, he said, was professional, and one, he said, the atmosphere in Dallas, like that's sort of the way it's set up. There's a lot of arguing. There's a lot of competition. There's fighting. That's just how their organization has set everything up and that's what the players are kind of brought in brought in to do and taught to do and you wonder can you win with that kind of atmosphere and i mean rex kind of has a similar type you know let everyone kind of do their own thing and you know bust heads and play physical but you got to wonder is that the route to go in today's nfl can you be successful that way 
I don't know. It's a great question. And but you are when when you're winning, I think it, it might work. But when you go into one of these skids like this, clearly it doesn't. You know, I think that's been proven time and time again. It worked great for well, us. The thing you're they, always going to go. You're always going to have some sort of adversity and and skids. Right, right. Then, then what happens when you get to there? Yeah, and look what's happening with Rex right now. Damn, the guys, you know, there's a mutiny up there in Buffalo. So yeah, it's just. Uh, you, I think you're right. There's always going to be a skid like this, and and when it happens, how does the team respond? And and we're seeing with Dallas that it's not not good. So let's take a poll. Dallas Cowboys done or not done? James, you go first. I gotta choose done or not done. Yep. Done. Steve Politi, yeah. done or not done? You know, it's funny, and I'm going to have to go not done, even though the owner himself wasn't clear when Romo was getting back. I love the fact that, that Jerry Jones said that Romo will be back for Tampa when NFL the NFL rules prohibit him to come back to the week after that. But if you look at it, they're 2-4 and four now. If they go 1-2 and two over the next, they lose to Seattle, they lose to, they lose to Philadelphia, and they beat Tampa somehow with Matt Castle at that point. So now you're 3-6, now you're and six. Romo's back, Brian's back. This division's so bad. I mean, can they can they win seven out of the last eight games? I mean, I, I don't know. It's possible. So I give them I give them a ten percent chance, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna completely say they're done yet. Yeah, I like that logic. I, I think yeah, it's six out of the last seven. I think you know if they go one and two here, they're they're oh wait, actually they had they had, they had their buy already. You're right. They had so they had win seven of eight. Oh man, that is tough. I'm I'm not going to put them out of it yet because I also think even if they do six out of eight and they get eight and eight in this division, depending on how these tiebreakers pan right. out, they, they you they could possibly have a chance. It's not out of the realm of possibility at this point that eight and eight and that and they, what they do have working in their favor is they have some division wins. Right, they do. I, they're two, they're still two and one in the division. Yeah, and I didn't. I mean, I didn't see anything that makes me think that uh, the Giants are going to run away with this thing yesterday either. That was the other part of it. I mean, they lose that game if they have if the uh, Cowboys even have a halfway competent quarterbacking. But uh, of course, we know they didn't. Right. Well, hey, hey, that's part of the NFL. You, you, the schedule sometimes pans out in your favor, and, and for the Giants right now, that's the way it's going. I mean, they got New Orleans is playing a little bit better, certainly, but they're not a world beater anymore, even down in New Orleans. And then they got Tampa. And, right. you know, those are two very winnable games for the Giants here. And they somehow win both of these. They're in obviously in amazing shape in the division at 6-3. and three. And, But I don't, I, don't know, I don't know if they could do that, but I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities that they win both those games. Oh, absolutely. certainly is. On the flip side, it's probably not out of the realm of possibilities that they lose either of those games or both those games. <laughs> that, that's what, you, that, what you're dealing with right now with the Giants. I think it's very yeah. clear that they are they're that kind of team. Yeah, we're on like an average, above average team. All right, let's do our final little segment here. Ready? Uh, we're going to go true or false. We're going to go five quick questions. Orleans Darkwa will get more than 10 carries next week. James, you're our Orleans Darkwa expert. You're up first. What do you got? I will say true, not because I think that he'll suddenly become the featured back, but because he had eight carries and they hardly had the ball on Sunday. So I figured they might have the ball a little bit more because New Orleans is not going to really establish the run game. So Orleans I'll and say, New Orleans. There we go. Beautiful. Orleans and New Orleans. going to be great. Okay, uh, Steve, <laughs> true or false, 10 carries or more next week? I think it's got to be true. I'm surprised he disappeared the way he did in, in that game. I, I, I get, I get it that they didn't have the ball a lot, but still, you, I thought he'd, I thought you'd see more of him in, in that one. So I'm going true. Uh, I'm going to go false. You guys are thinking that I got this way too logically. Nobody on the <laughs> team had more, had carries this week. They're splitting them around. They don't know what they don't. They don't want to give anybody carries. 
They're, they'd like to stop running the ball. Ten carries. That's way too many. I'm going with false. True or false? No matter what happens this year, Dwayne Harris has already justified the contract he received, the $17 million contract in the offseason, considering he's contributing as the third wide receiver pretty much every down. And he provided, he basically gave him a victory in this game. Steve, you're first this time. Uh, I'll go true with that. I mean, you win one game on a special teams play, and given the fact that the Giants have not had that element at all, as you've pointed out in, in previous seasons, I mean, I, yeah, I think uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give the man his due. I think he absolutely earned it. James, true or false? I will Wayne say Harris true. To his contract. True. And, I mean, not to, you know, if they had, maybe if they had just gone with him in the slot in the beginning and not done the whole Preston Parker thing, who knows where this team would be. I'm going with true as well. I mean, he's, he won a game for them. I mean, the, and, he, and he's contributing. And essentially he's at the top end of what the expectations could have been at for him as a wide receiver. And I know a lot of people doubted whether he could contribute at all as a wide receiver, and he has done that. True or false? James, you're first this time. Odell Beckham needs to stop making one-handed catches or trying to make one-handed catches. He tried to make one near the end zone yesterday. I'm not sure he could have done anything else there, but does he need to stop or at least limit the amount he tries to do them? True or false? False. You know, I think at this point, if it was something that he had to stop doing, he probably would have stopped doing it on a mandate from the coaching staff. So, listen, he's an otherworld talent when the Giants actually managed and realized they need to get him the football. And uh, he can catch the ball with no hands for all I care, as long as he comes down with it. Steve, one-handed uh, catches. Yes, true or false? Get rid of him. You know, I don't know about get rid of him, but certainly I, I'm going to go true because I think he's got to stop looking to make them. And I, I got into big trouble when I said he should stop with the ridiculous dances. Don't mess with a man's dancing. You should know better than them. I do not want anything to change about this guy, and I get that. But but still, yeah, I mean, I, I, th- I think it's at the point that, that uh, the routine catches are just as good for this team. Somewhere along the line, nobody ever taught you that never to mess with a man's dancing, Steve. That's <laughs> for I'm going to go with false on the Odell Beckham thing. When he starts dropping passes or drops a pass that he could have caught with two hands and tries to do it one-handed, then you can get back to me on that. True or false? Steve, you're up first. Eli Manning is playing as a top five quarterback this year. Ooh, I false. And he's not top five. I might give him top, eh, the bottom of top ten maybe, but no, I do not. Uh, I mean, top five, is, that's, that's tough to crack. He's had some good games. He's had some bad games. And remember, let's forget that, you know, that they were 0-2 in a large part because of the way he played. So, uh, right. yeah, I'm not, I'm, not put, I'm not putting him in that category. Well, who are we doing at top five real quick? We got uh, Rodgers and Brady. Brady Absolutely. I yep. mean, that's a no-brainer. I mean, you don't have Andrew Luck in there this year. You don't have Peyton uh, Manning in there this year. It, do you put Drew Brees in there? Cam uh, uh, Newton's kind of playing well with yeah. nobody. But, I mean, I'm going to get, get Cam Newton in there, absolutely. Yeah? Okay. Wait, I, I, this year, I, I think. Who you got? I'm sorry. I was going to say, no, I'll, I'll agree with Steve. Rodgers, Brady, Newton, that's a good first three. There's a lot of quarterbacks um, struggling. Luck, I mean, guys, Kaepernick, people thought were good. Flacco's not having a great year. Uh, 
I mean, a lot of these guys are, you know, fringe guys, top 10. I mean, Breeze is borderline. I mean, I'm, I don't know if he's playing that, that great this year either. He's making, he has a lot of turnovers as well. Kirk Cousins, you're going to put him on that list? <laughs> I mean, there's, yeah, there's no yeah, Kirk Cousins. Uh, Kirk, I, but based on Kirk Cousins' celebration yesterday, I'm, I'm convinced. Oh, sure. You know, the more I think about this, I mean, I'm going to say no, that Eli's not in the top five, but he's probably pretty close right now because there's not that many quarterbacks playing it. Well, Matt Ryan probably is up there for me. Yeah, okay. I mean, Ryan. Romo and Roethlisberger are hurt. Yeah, there's a lot of – Rivers in that discussion. Yeah, he's also been up and down. His arm is pretty much shot. I've seen him a little bit. So, James, you're saying true or false. What do you got? False. False. We're all false. But I will say this, and I probably started with Matt in the 11, 12 range, 13 range this year. Right now, quarterbacks playing and the way they're playing, he's probably, you know, six or seven in my book. I mean, he's pretty. He's really knocking on that top five door. True yeah, it does, does speak I to the lack of quarterbacks, but go ahead. <laughs> yes, I mean, well, you got guys like Roethlisberger and Roma that are injured. Yeah. There's two guys right there who have been, you know, top quarterbacks. Drew Brees struggling, uh, Andrew Luck struggling, Peyton Manning basically, you know, just on the verge of being done, uh, you know, just hang, hanging around and trying to get one more. All right, true or false, last one. The Giants will win the NFC East. James, you're up first this time. Uh, today I'm going to say true because I, I think the Cowboys are done. I think the Redskins, while I, I like the Redskins, I think they're better than people give them credit <laughs> for. Their schedule is pretty difficult, and I think that's going to prevent them. And the Eagles, it's just – look, if Chip would come out of his press conference, which I think is starting – right about now as we're taping this on a Monday and would say that I'm going to Mark Sanchez after the bye week, I would say the Eagles could win the division because I honestly think Mark Sanchez would be a major upgrade for them and would be successful. But if he's going to stick with the Sam Bradford experiment, uh, you know I mean? I think the whole thing that sums it up is I'm driving home last night, listening to the game on the radio and Bradford throws a pass and the, the play-by-play guy goes, oh, it looks like the ball was tipped at the line and the color guy goes, no, that was just a horrible throw. <laughs> it was like never, a sideways throw. Never a good sign. Never a good sign. It's, yeah, they're lying. Bradford is at quarterback and the line, and it's just and the, the issues they're going to have with the running backs and the ego. If if everything stays the way it is, I think the Giants are going to win this division. A rambling, uh, not about way of saying the Giants win the division. Good yes. job, James. We got it. Steve Politi. False. Yeah. Division. You're going oh, false, huh? I'm going false. Don't Forget. It. I mean, that defense yesterday. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I am. I, mean, I I think the Eagles are still better. I think the Cowboys, I mean, if they can if they get the guys back without before it's too late. But, I mean, that defense is just shows me nothing. I know they came up with some turnovers, but, I mean, here's Matt Castle just zipping down the field. I mean, five five yards a run every time. The, and that was that was Darren McFadden. I didn't know he was still in the league. <laughs> Good grief. He's, 152 he's yards. 150 yards. <laughs> I'm and sorry, you know what? I'll tell you this. I didn't even think he he ran that well. He did. Joseph, no. Joseph Randall looked great for his two carries. If he got hurt, I think I think he would have went for two hundred. Yeah. So I just don't see it yet from the Giants. I know they 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 have Eli going for them, and and offensively they're 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 better. But uh, yeah, I just I just can't imagine that that defense is going to be good enough. So I go false. Yeah, I'm going with true. I can't. I just don't have any of those other teams in the division that I can say is going to win this division. I mean, I don't have enough confidence in any of the other three. I do think the Giants are about a 9-7, 8-8 type, type team. They get to nine wins. I think that's going to be good enough to win this division with Eli Manning and 
All they got to do is keep creating some turnovers on defense. It's, it's worked for them so far. Now, if they had a lot of – if they had five, six, you know, really good quarterbacks on their schedule, <coughs> I wouldn't be able to say that because then they, they wouldn't be playing against the Matt Castles of the world. But the problem is we just couldn't find top five quarterbacks in this league. There's not that many good quarterbacks. So the Giants don't have to face that many good quarterbacks, and therefore that puts them in a position where they could win a bunch of games and win enough games to win this division, even if it's that number is nine. So I'm going with true. They will win the division. So that's going to wrap it up here. Episode 29, according to James. Math may be right, may be wrong. We'll, we'll figure it out for next time. But thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I'm Jordan Ronan with Steve Politi and James Crash. Thank you both for joining us. You're listening to Talk is Cheap. We'll see you guys next time.